With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Good evening, you know what's but already this? Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. It is a very interesting, interesting day today. Um, a kind of an icon in this structure of uh, show that we've kind of just appropriated for ourselves, even though we have no guests has passed away Larry King has passed away this morning the day that we are recording this and uh it's shocking but not surprising I'd say that's about that's about right there's been quite a few actually there's just been a slew Hank Aaron as well I believe Ted, Ted Thompson, former GM of the Packers, that was another thing that crossed my uh, my radar today. There's been quite a few. Alex Trebek, though that was a while back. And many, many others that... Get kind of lost in the shuffle of the avalanche of everything that's been going on in recent memory. So with that very, very brief moment of uh, remembrance, I say we move on. Because as always, the show must go on, but they will never be forgotten. Another bit of a side note, um, not really podcast related. So, I mean, we're just going to, we're just going to keep tacking on more and more things. And then maybe at about the 10 minute mark, we'll actually start a show. Maybe. (laughs) Um, the, every year there is at least one convention I go to, uh, specifically it is anime Milwaukee and, uh, and last year it quite possibly might've been the only convention in 2020 that did not get canceled. Mostly because it happened like mere weeks before the lockdowns happened. And the threat of COVID-19 actually really became well realized. Uh, This year it was canceled 
at least in person, this morning they announced they will be doing it virtually. I have tried to reach out to them very briefly this morning to see if the Twitch 101 panel that I've done every year for the past three years now, actually, can be integrated into their virtual show. And uh, we will see what happens. Who knows? And now with that, maybe we'll, maybe we'll actually now decide to actually do the normal Eagle Eyes on Tech show. How about that? We actually do have quite a bit to talk about, especially involving NVIDIA. NVIDIA this past week has just been a big old bag of what are you doing? First, though, new safety guidelines have been put into effect. And for the most part, these guidelines pretty much affect no one except for douchebags. Now actions can be taken a bit more uh, aggressively against uh, people who violate the guidelines. Those have been made stricter. And the other part has been against Twitch users that are under the age of 13. Twitch has always marketed itself as teenagers and up. However, one thing that Twitch hasn't exactly made clear because Twitch is about as good as explaining anything as, well, I have better odds of getting information out of this glass mug I'm holding right now that you can't see. Except for those of you watching this live at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon, you can see this glass mug. But no one else can. But you now just heard it. Twitch has now, if your account is in fact confirmed that the user is under the age of 18 or 13, those Twitch accounts will be deactivated. Just straight up. And I got to give credit to one Twitch user, Cheapy D, also known as David Abrams, for pinning down exactly why. Kappa. Remember this little shenanigan a couple months ago with the YouTubes? Actually, how long ago was it? It's been a while, actually, since the, uh, the Kappa fallout of YouTube. Hmm. Well, in any case, you can't mine data from anyone under the age of 13, under the law of Kappa. Because 13 is considered the age of consent for voluntary giving up data. This is most likely why. So if the, if a streamer was under the age of 13 and could and in fact had the permission of their of their guardian parents or whoever it doesn't matter 
their account is now gone. And in fairness, Twitch has said in the past that they are a service for those who are 13 and up physically. Mentally, you're still fine, which means that my Twitch career is still safe. Forever mentally 12. Anyway, so this could be a problem, although aside from Slasher, who has been a independent journalist for the esports world, there really hasn't been any sort of note brought up to this at all. No one's really come forward and said, oh no, my Twitch account was deleted and I was... Nothing. The only thing we've gotten was one Twitch spokesperson that spoke to Slasher saying, and I quote, We don't allow children under 13 to register for Twitch accounts and we'll take enforcement action if we've found that they've done so in violation of our terms of service. So Twitch is kind of drawing a pretty hard line on this. And whereas before it was just kind of a line no one talked about but was still there, now it's a line still cast in stone but with a sign next to it. That's pretty much all I see from this. But it's trying to be made a big deal. It doesn't seem to be so. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be a big deal in a week. Only time will tell. But then again, Twitch hasn't exactly been... uh, great at enforcing hard lines that's put in the sand. I'm sure we could think of a few streamers who uh, have broken Twitch guidelines and are still on the site. I can think of two, but I won't. Well, one, I forgot forgot their name. And the other, I'm trying to avoid talking about them because they're just... They're def- they're definitely going down the path of no such thing as bad publicity. Speaking of bad publicity, I give you Microsoft after doing everything in its power, everything in its power to go ahead and seem like the best gaming company in worlds trying to beat out Sony and the only thing Sony really had going for it is all of its exclusives kind of shot itself in the foot on Friday. And I want to be clear about this on Friday, they had increased the prices of their Xbox live gold subscriptions. They increased it to 10.99 a month, 29.99 every 3 months or 5.99 every 6 months. 
I'm not going to lie. I don't know why you would pay $5.99 every six months because that is exactly one cent more than getting than uh, just paying every three months. This came on the heels, though, of Microsoft actually giving quite easily the most compelling cloud gaming solution there was with the Xbox Game Pass. And quite frankly, people were outraged. I personally wasn't because I still do not see the value of getting an Xbox at all because I am a complete lunatic who goes ahead and digs up scrapyard engineering PCs and sticks graphic cards in them and then calls them gaming PCs despite the fact that there are no RGB lights on my air quotes gaming PCs, but I digress. So personally, I had no problem with it. I really didn't. I also found out about it late, but I had no problem with it. Other places go ahead and increase their price a little bit, and it's just, you know, welcome to the world of inflation. Welcome to the world of, holy cow, literally everyone was told you have to stay inside and play video games. You're not allowed to go outside to go do the anythings. So we need to add more servers, which means it's more cost. I get that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if every single online service had to go and say, yeah, we need to like do like a 10% increase. We need to go get six more $30,000 servers to go and tackle the demand that all of you guys are putting on it because holy cow, everyone has to game. However, literally, I actually want to see, how, what was the time this was done? Um, roughly nine hours later. No, actually almost 12 hours later. Microsoft backtracked their Xbox Live Gold pricing. And revert it back to what it was. You want to hear the most unpopular opinion in the world? I can give you easily the most unpopular opinion in the world and back it up. Microsoft did the wrong thing. This was the wrong move. You want to know why? Because every single reason I just gave before about increasing the price was just invalidated. You could have gone back and forth and said, oh, we need to go and rack up some more servers. We need some more data space. We need to upgrade our infrastructure. And with that, we need to increase the price. We have to do it because there's, so there's so much more tackling our Xbox servers. And by trying to give goodwill 
all of that is gone. Every single logical reason is now gone. Now, you look back at what Microsoft just tried to do, and instead of it looking like something that needed to be done, it now looks like pure greed. Good job, Microsoft. Good job. Bravo. You did it. The best thing that can happen to Microsoft right now is that people forget this. That the, that this whole thing, everything that just that just transpired on Friday slips into a memory hole. This honestly is not going to go well. It just uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Microsoft could uh, try to show that oh no 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 we're doing this for the for the greater good of everything and etc but I don't know man. Now it just looks like blatant greed and then when you're called out on blatant greed you backtracked. It's not a good look. I'm just saying Microsoft good luck with that. All right, Future Eagle here. Um, the article I had at the time did not mention what the price increase was. And um, from what I saw at the time, it did not appear to be much, mostly because, well, the price looked roughly the same to what I saw, which was the Xbox Live Pass price. Um, I did not realize the price was increased by 100%. Yeah, Microsoft tried to get away with a 100% price increase. Yeah, speaking of not a good look, uh, that's not a good look. I, I, I definitely understand the, the outrage quite a bit more. It's very, very hard to try and justify a 100% price increase when it's otherwise worked fine otherwise. And then the notion afterwards of saying, we failed the gamers because we failed to try and get away with a hundred percent to try and double our income. <sighs> yeah, pretty much like the news I found out after recording everything that, yeah, it was a, uh, they tried to double their price and didn't get away with it. it. It definitely takes everything I just said in a different light. I'm still going to keep what I said in there because, well, I did say it. But uh, I did feel I needed to add this addendum at the end because uh, I originally thought it was like a dollar increase. Not literally doubling the price. And now I return you to the remainder of the podcast, which I've now just ruined my segue. That's coming up now. You know what isn't good? You know what isn't a good look, though? Uh, Epic Games getting a bit more desperate when it comes to their lawsuits. Well, I mean, you could call it desperate. But in the end, I don't know how you how you classify this. 
Epic Games is now filing another lawsuit against Apple and Google in the UK. So, for the record, by the way, the first case of Epic Games versus Apple, there hasn't even been opening statements yet. That is next month. I know. It feels like this happened that that was filed freaking six years ago. We still don't even have opening opening statements and the whole back and forth, all the pettiness that happened between Epic and Apple. Yeah, the case hasn't even had opening arguments yet. But another lawsuit is being filed in the UK. Why? Well, for the exact same reason that a lawsuit was filed in the U.S. Except across the pond, they are way, 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 way more anti-monopolistic than we are here in the U.S. Almost to a point of being absurd. Now, the UK is not as bad as, say, the EU courts. The EU courts, the instant you are more than a single... The moment you set up a second lemonade stand, the EU courts go after you, it almost seems like. The UK, on the other hand... Somewhere in between. Probably leaning more closer to the EU. But in the end, it's... Once again, kind of a look of epic just... Taking a shotgun and firing it wildly everywhere and seeing what sticks. So, have fun with that, Epic. I cannot wait for all of these to be solved in the year 2525, assuming man was still alive. Cyberpunk 2077! Yeah, people are still pissed at them. Although, granted, now that the reviews are kind of out showing how bad it was on console. Ew, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, how well Cyberpunk 2077 performed on consoles is a big yikes. A really, really big yikes. It, mm, anyway. The Cyberpunk 2077 devs have responded to to even more class action lawsuits from investors. I'm actually trying to find the statement, but it looks like the article I have here doesn't have the full statement good job good freaking job the lawsuit basically for those who are unaware it said that project cd red 
failed to disclose that Cyberpunk 2077 was virtually unplayable on current generation Xbox or PlayStation systems due to a no- due to an enormous number of bugs. To which I would also argue that uh, I hate to break it to you, investors, but uh, because thanks to those delays, those delays that you didn't want. Current gen is now pa- is now last gen. Checkmate. However, CD Projekt Red says that it'll take vigorous action to defend itself. Oh, here we go. CD Projekt Red would... Su- oh, never mind. This isn't actually the statement. This whole thing... God, this whole... This whole freaking article is just useless. Well, basically... The class action lawsuit is going to move forward. And I'm... I'm just going to put it out there. Um... It's just... Well, for the most part, it's just not going to go much of anywhere. When push comes to shove, you have to be able to prove that there was intent. You can't just say, oh, hey, look, um... The company failed to disclose there were this number, this, this many bugs. Was there intent to hide the bugs? Did they know there were this many bugs? Is there evidence that they're not doing anything to fix these bugs? The thing is that Project CD Red, or is it CD Project Red, or is it Red CD Project? The point is D Project C Red is still currently actively trying to go ahead and fix all of the bugs. There is visible evidence that they are, in fact, trying to fix the current problems. CD Project Red could then go ahead and countersue those same investors who kept asking, hey, where's our money? And saying that, you know, you guys wanted us to release it. You got you guys wanted us to pu- push it out. This can go back and forth. This is this can without a doubt be a two way street here. So I wish luck to Red Project DC and all of their current developments. Considering the fact the game runs respectively well on PC, and for the most part, the other consoles are x86 platforms, it should, in theory, not be too hard to port the whole thing over But of course, I'm a computer enthusiast, 
not a game designer. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have a lot of Google News to cover, and LG may, in fact, be trying to get out of the phone game. Uh Uh-oh. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. A European commissioner is fining Valve and five other publishers just shy of 8 million euros for geo-blocking Steam games despite the fact that they were requested by those various companies to geo-lock games. So, here's what's going on. On Steam, in order to conform with various countries' rules for what can and can't be published in video games, they end up making various versions. Okay. And then in addition, at times you also have to you have to also have to fluctuate the price a bit for value for various other things like value added taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, because of these various different rules, this means a certain version is geo-blocked outside of an area. And therefore, a different version that's specifically tailored for that area is locked for a specific region. Wolfenstein and Germany being like one of the most notorious examples of this. You can probably think of quite a few others. Well, this commissioner noticed that these versions were being geo-blocked and said, you know, as part of the rules of the European Union, you're not supposed to be geo-blocking. Even though they they are, but it's because they had to, for the purposes of conforming with those specific country laws so it's they are but they're not but hey 8 mil please and then people wonder why I get so annoyed 
with 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 the with this kind of nonsense yeah their actions are both legal and illegal slow freaking clap uh now while that one's kind of minor here's one that is kind of shocking how about Google threatening to withdraw its search engine from all of Australia? Yeah, there's no asterisk on this. There, there, there's no... Okay, technically. But no, this is literally Google threatening to withdraw Google from Australia. Which, I mean, if you're Bing, hey, it's free real estate. Oh, ho, ho, ho. now, chat's wondering, does this extend to other Google properties? No, this just means the Google search engine. So Google.com and any search box powered by Google. So YouTube Australia is going to be very interesting because I'm pretty sure the Google search engine powers that. Yay! Now you might be thinking, why? Why is Google trying to do this? Well, it all has to do with the Australian link tax. Yes, I forgot about the Australian link tax too. So the whole thing with the Australian link tax is that if a search engine generates a link to a news site, that search engine has to pay that news site for displaying a chunk of the e information for that news site. Because, of course, by displaying a link to an article, like, say, the BBC.com, which is where this particular article is from, by sharing that link and the small bit of news from that link, well, I mean... You're basically stealing. So therefore, Google needs to pay up for that. And Google is not too thrilled with that. Especially when, you know, other such news sources like, uh, what was that one for Cyberpunk 2077? PCGamesN.com. Which generate a grand total of four paragraphs. Two of which are sentences. Oh no, I'm sorry. We'll just you know we'll just call it four paragraphs, even though it's five, because there's a summary here that just gives the backdrop. Two useless paragraphs and then two useless sentences. But hey, Google is stealing. 
And therefore, Google should have to pay a tax to bring traffic to that website. You know, let's ignore the fact that for the preparation of this podcast, someone like myself would have to go to a web search engine like Google, know about this particular story. Google said keywords to find said story see that see that it's there and see that it has plenty of information then click on said story and then use it for their for them view the ads and so on and so forth and therefore everything is hunky-dory no let's ignore how the internet functionally works and say google must pay about a good tree fitty or whatever the heck arbitrary number that the link tax wants to create to go ahead and give websites like the bbc traffic in the first place this would be like the freeways of the city paying me because people use the roads to get to my shop I kind of see where Australia is coming from, but it's not good enough. The logic is flawed. So uh, good luck, Australia. Let me know how all this works for you, because now that it's becoming more and more uh, real real that this... uh, foolish link tax idea is going through good luck you're gonna need it chat wants to know do you look do they have to pay for the link even when you're looking at it um from what i understand yes just generating the link because it because the way google makes a link it takes a chunk of the website that its algorithm determines is useful information for determining if the link is worth clicking or not, yes. Just making the link, whether my eyeballs look at the link or not, a link tax is then paid. Yeah, it's silly. Let's move on to sillier news. Alphabet is shutting down Loon. For those who forgot what Alphabet is, Alphabet is the parent company of Google. And Project Loon is one such small company under the Alphabet umbrella. Loon, its sole purpose was to go ahead and put weather balloons into the stratosphere that would just basically be floating cell towers that were solar powered to provide internet connectivity in areas where building normal cell towers was not feasible. And I'm not gonna lie, when the project was first announced, I actually was even on this podcast and said, this is an interesting idea and could go places. Well, fast forward to today, where there's two things that have killed Project Luna and has made it a really dumb idea. One, wide-ranged 5G cell towers exist. You can now cover a massive area 
with 5G. To the point where this idea with solar-powered balloons were just silly. Chat wants to know how Loon would tether the balloons. I don't know. I don't think they did. I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest, because the thing is with Loon is that I think I think I've grand total covered four stories about Loon. Concept, the launch, first tests coming back successful, and now they're shut down. I think that's all the news I've ever heard out of Project Loon. Like, information has been sparse. But yeah, with 5G towers on the ground, being able to cover as much ground as possible, I am not talking about 5G millimeter millimeter wave. That is still much shorter range. And still, in my opinion, a very inferior technology. Despite the fact it can give stupid good speeds. But its limitations make 5G millimeter wave pretty dumb but I digress that's one thing that killed it the fact that you can now just build one cell tower and have it cover massive area the other thing and chat is already on it is Elon Musk and Starlink Starlink which is Elon Musk's uh, other Looney Tunes idea because he's full of those was to take Project Loon Loon's idea of putting balloons in the stratosphere and instead just going you know what let's go higher let's go ahead and put and put cell towers in space because like someone else in the chat said you don't need to tether a satellite. You do need a tether balloon. We don't know if, if Alphabet was tethering balloons. But you don't need to put a wire into space. You just put a satellite up there. The end. Well. That was pretty much the nail in the coffin for Loon. First, it was just 5G covering way more space than 4G did. And now, well, Elon Musk said, hold my beer. And then he backed up the holding of the beer successfully. Oh, well, speaking of projects that are being terminated, LG is considering pulling out of the phone business entirely. And here's the thing, you'd, a lot of you are thinking, oh, okay, whatever, LG's getting out of smartphones, so what? LG phones were pretty meh anyway. True. LG phones didn't exactly have a reputation for being premium or anything like that. 
But if you saw what C, what was going on at CES and the huge, huge push LG put forward for breakthrough technology in smartphones, you look at the fact that LG tried that weird swivel smartphone where the second half of the phone would like flip onto itself, you know, the dual screen T-shaped phone and all these other wacky ideas that seem pretty cool. Heck, LG at CES had the rollable phone. The phone that slid out of itself and the screen actually expanded because it was a flexible screen that unrolled. LG had that at CES and now they're just like, oh, I guess that's boring. I guess we'll pull out of smartphones. It's kind of jarring. They haven't made a decision yet, mind you. But LG is seriously looking at how they're doing in the smartphone world and thinking, you know, it might, in fact, be time to stop. Speaking of time to stop, Intel decided it's time to stop making Optane SSDs for us filthy casuals. Optane SSDs, for those who don't know, are super high-performance solid-state drives for PCs that perform somewhere in between current SSDs and RAM. Like, they perform stupid fast. But the problem is that their price per gigabyte was obscene. Like, it cost a couple hundred dollars for 64 gigs of Optane memory. But now, if you're a regular consumer, that option is no longer available. And if you're thinking, oh, whatever, I'll just go ahead on the business market and get it, well, you're going to find a problem. The form factor of Optane memory that businesses use, that the enterprise uses does not match what we use in the consumer space. What? Let me explain. Normally for a modern computer, storage uses a, uses one of two formats. Either A, SATA, which means you've got a physical drive and then a cable that connects to it, or M.2. This is what most modern NVMe, which is the current current uh, highest end standard, use. Optane would go into an M.2 slot. That's pretty much it on the consumer side. Chat says there are some PCI Express cards. There really aren't. You can lie to yourself and say there are, but they're really not. The PCI Express SSDs are pretty much now considered a dinosaur. There are some PCI Express to M.2 converters. But that's about it. No, no one makes a PCI Express SSD for the average consumer. 
We want to put that asterisk on there for the average consumer. In the business world, <laughs> well, things get interesting. The most common form that's used in the business world for Optane is what's called U.2. Which is almost kind of like uh, Sauce, which is kind of like Sada, but is not. It's a different kind of connector. It's basically used in server environments for quick access on the front. There's also ruler drives that use a special kind of connector and are longer and a weird form factor. And then on top of that, there's Optane modules that look like RAM. And your motherboard has to be specially made to go ahead and use it. And its sole purpose is to be redundant with the RAM. So if that there's a power failure, the memory is then persisted on the Optane modules, and then when the server comes back online, it picks up right where it left off, like that. It's disgustingly cool. Could you imagine if the power went out for five minutes, you come back, and the computer's literally, not figuratively, literally just picks up right where it was, as though nothing ever happened? That's cool. And that's what's in the enterprise world. We're having to restart a computer. Is just unacceptable. So on one hand, you know, we'll miss the crazy performance that Optane gave us. But in the end, for the most part, for the average user, we don't need it. Because of NVMe. Thanks to PCI Express Gen 4 and the crazy performance we get on PCIe Gen 4 SSDs. Let's be honest, the average person wasn't going to max out an Optane module anyway. Not unless you were like Linus and just absolutely did something really really dumb with your ssd and like copied over all of youtube onto your hard drive or something like that you just are never gonna do it there's nothing you could do that would saturate the bandwidth of an of an optane drive well now with pci express gen 4 the average user can't saturate that bandwidth either so there really is just no point for the average person. And then for enthusiasts, well, let's be honest. You could get an Optane drive or there are other enthusiast devices like what do they call it? The liquid honey badger? A device that takes four NVMe PCIe Gen 4 SSDs, raids them all together for around this, that gives you the same kind of read write access as an Optane drive. You could set up something like that. 
and it would end up being less costly than the Optane in the first place. So it's not too surprising, but enthusiasts everywhere are just going to go, man, we're going to miss you and your stupid numbers, Optane. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, NVIDIA and their... What the heck are they doing? To remind pet owners that Progressive covers pets on our auto policy at no extra charge, we're making a really cute pet-themed radio commercial. Hear that snoring? Two sleeping puppies. Oh, they're awake! And they're heading over to that cute chubby baby that's just sitting there. What? Oh, now they're licking his face. Words will never do this justice. You'll just have to picture it. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you engineered to a higher standard the human standard the new 2021 lexus ls experience amazing at your lexus dealer Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So you want to know why I am baffled with whatever the heck NVIDIA is doing? They continue to do things that just make no sense. There is, of course, the problem of NVIDIA releasing more and more GPUs that literally, not figuratively, literally no one can buy. They still cannot figure out what the heck is going on with their supply problem. And there is a supply problem. It's no longer a demand problem. It's a supply problem, without a doubt. But, for some reason, NVIDIA has in fact launched a new GPU, and is a GPU that literally nobody should buy. Don't you mean can buy? No. You should not buy this GPU. The NVIDIA GeForce GT 1010. But doesn't the first 10 mean that's right? It's a Pascal based GPU, an architecture that is five years old. It is a GPU that consumes a maximum of 30 watts and is very much a GPU you only get for very, very specific use cases. A GPU with a whopping 256 CUDA cores. 
and four gigabytes of RAM. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, it has two different RAM configurations. It comes in two and four gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM. So why on earth would you ever get this GPU? Well, it makes for a great GPU on, say, a media PC, without a doubt. On older systems that, say, the onboard GPU can't even run YouTube anymore, this can breathe more life into that. The fact that it's also 30 watts means that very, very small and space-restricted computers that have expansion still in them can use them. There are use cases for this GPU. But holy cow, are you serious right now? There are literally, not figuratively, literally no graphic cards on the market none zip zero nada to the point where last gen gpus are selling for three times their original value it is absurd what's going on in the gpu market but it's okay because NVIDIA has released the GT 1010, a GPU that can definitely run Minesweeper at max settings. Bravo. Bravo, NVIDIA. You have done it again. Bravo. We can max out freaking Microsoft Excel. I actually would be curious how well that GPU performs. Maybe that actually can breathe some life into like some $50 uh, Optiplex as you get off lease. Now, speaking of current GPU, speaking of current GPUs, a French website, cowcotland.com, has confirmed there is going to be no. RTX 3060 Founders Edition which means that most likely all of these RTX 3060s when they do decide to exist are going to most likely sell for over MSRP so already that 330 you saw NVSA is going to be the price, which is, by the way, $30 higher than the 2060 was previously. Well, it's going to be even higher. And I'm not going to lie. It's going to make that 3060 Ti look way more attractive. But then the 3060 still has twice the RAM. I still do not get what the heck's going on over at NVIDIA. Oh, but if you were confused before. Oh, hold on. Because guess what? 
NVIDIA has realized something that I realized last week. You see, I can't remember if I actually talked about this on the Glass of Tech or not, but, 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 there are currently no GPUs on the market at all. Like, not even kidding. Because the previous generation RTX 20 series and GTX 1600 series are no longer being made, the supply is dried up. Because the RTX 30 series can't meet the demand, the supply is just not getting close at all. And of course, the scalper situation isn't helping anything at all. They are creating artificial demand, which is just, yeah. So NVIDIA had a brilliant idea. They're going to reintroduce the 2060 series. We don't know at what price. But, you know, we're, we're going to see. All right. The fact that NVIDIA believes this is the correct decision to re-release the old GPU, you know what it's telling me? There is a problem with Samsung. So here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. The previous, G- NVIDIA does not make their own GPUs. They outsource their chip making to a different fabricator. The 20 series was made by TSMC. You've heard me mention TSMC a couple times before in the past. Well, Samsung makes the RTX 3000 series GPUs. So if they're going ahead and just saying, hey, we're going to go make the 2000 series, what does that say about Samsung's ability to to manufacture NVIDIA's GPUs? There's a problem with the Samsung process, isn't there? I mean, if there wasn't, wouldn't you just keep going with the current stuff? Just say, hey, keep cranking them out. Eventually, our supply will meet demand, as it always has. Unless there's something wrong with the supply. Here's a bold prediction for you. Here's a very bold prediction. I am willing to bet in four months we're going to see super versions 
of the RTX 3000 series. And they're going to be made by someone other than Samsung. They're going to go ahead and try to pull it off and say that it's in response to extreme demand or we have refined the process or we're going ahead and getting one step up ahead of the competition trying to just say hey amd is forcing our hand their cards are just so good we're gonna tweak the current cards just a little bit and yeah they'll probably be like a little bit of a cuda core increase there might be a bit of a clock increase there's definitely gonna be a ram increase They'll relaunch the entire 3000 series and they'll do it soon and they'll call it the Super Series to compete against AMD. And that's how it's going to be marketed as. Not as Samsung has failed us in being able to actually make GPUs. They're going to market it as competition. That is what I'm going to call. That's what I think is going on. And yes, I'm aware there's a chip shortage across the entire industry. No one is seeing it worse right now than NVIDIA. And the fact that NVIDIA is going to go ahead, go back to TSMC and re-release their mass producible card from the last gen, the RTX 2060. That seems to me that NVIDIA clearly has more faith in TSMC's ability to make chips than it does Samsung. That's my bold prediction. I'm probably wrong. But that's my call. NVIDIA decided they're going to go ahead and change the G-Sync Ultimate requirements just kind of very quietly and silently. And there's, here's what they're saying. To get the new G-Sync Ultimate classification it must meet the following requirements. 1000 nits brightness or display HDR 1000 the highest resolution highest hertz because that's you know a bar that's very solid and definitely not like a large gray area ultra low latency multi-zone backlighting and wide color gamut and what advanced NVIDIA g-sync processor ah i can see it now i i i can it's it makes sense i'm i'm glad standards mean something aren't aren't you glad that uh a standard can mean something solid that by seeing a brand, it means something and definitely doesn't just fall into a massive freaking great area the size of Texas. 
Uh, oh, NVIDIA. Why you do this to me? Why you do this? Oh, and speaking of standards that definitely mean something, um, the RTX 30 series Ampere mobile GPUs will no longer offer Max-Q or Max-P branding. Because <laughs> why have standards that mean anything? Oh! So, for those who do not understand what the heck this means, um, a while back, NVIDIA released the Max-Q and Max-P branding. Max-Q meant that it was more targeted for power efficiency and performance so that it could in fact be so that it, it was just like hey we have a 2080 max q so it has 2080 performance but it's power efficient enough that it can be in a nice thin and light laptop but then there was also the max p which was just like we cranked this mobile gpu to its max to its limits so it should be in a chunkier laptop and whatnot and uh basically nobody cared because let's be honest, when you also were looking at performance of laptops, you looked at the numbers. And then any other letters that are behind you, you're just like, I, I don't know. It, it have 2080, that mean good. You didn't look at the P, you didn't look at the Q, you didn't care. You're just like, it has a 2080 in it. I want that one. That's going to give best gaming performance. What does max Q mean? I don't know. That wh What does Q even mean? Cucumbers? Can I grill cucumbers with this laptop? You don't care. You just wanted to go ahead and just play freaking whatever. What the heck would have the, the most demanding uh, game of last year even be? Like, all the popular games were like, it ran on a toaster. I mean, now it's obvious. It's freaking either... Microsoft Flight Simulator or Cyberpunk 2077. What was the most demanding game before? Before la freaking last year, before Cyberpunk. I can't think of anything either. I guess, uh, chat says, uh, Crisis. Yeah, I guess Crisis Remaster would probably be it before Flight Sim and Cyberpunk. Death Stranding. Oh, Death Stranding was actually pretty demanding. No, wait, no, there was, there was one other one. Um, oh, God. There, there was one that was, like, Control. Control was actually a big stress test from like late 2019, early 2020. I think it might have even been later than that, but no, that, that was the one I was thinking of. 
But again, nobody cared about the branding. So, I mean, now it's gone. So now people can just make up whatever. It's a 3080, but we downclocked it a whole bunch. So they go ahead and make this branding. They put out a minimum effort to explain how this branding works. And then realized that nobody cared enough and then yanked it back. <sighs> I just. N- NVIDIA either. Either you are far too wise for me or. I don't know. This this is either like galaxy brain level thinking on NVIDIA that they are. That they are like thinking beyond what mere mortals can comprehend. Or they have been smoking something a little too hard and just keep doing these things that make very, very little sense. I'm not quite sure yet which it is. Oh, on the bright side, uh, we have uh, leaks about uh, Rocket Lake's uh, CPU prices and. uh... Well, they're looking okay. They're also the leaks also in euros. So. There's that, too. But I mean, they look. Okay, I guess. I still can't get over the fact that the that the next gen of Intel processors are going to be losing two cores, basically. The highest end, the highest end in uh, blah, 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 blah. the highest end Intel CPU that's going to be coming out with this is eight cores, sixteen threads. Oh, I should mention, for those with me watching this live, I'm not going to bother mentioning any of the prices, because first all, the first thing that actually screams being weird about this particular leak is the fact that uh, they can't figure out where the euro sign goes on the prices. Some of them have it before the price, some of it have it after, and then on top of that, we have prices with and without the value-added tax, and the ones that are without are so small they're barely legible. Also, it's in euros. So, nothing really stands out as being uh, really, really messed up. Oh, wait, a couple of these lines have... Oh, God, this this whole leak's a mess. But the thing to point out here is that, yes, Rocket League S will cop... will cap out at eight cores, 16 threads, while the top end of AMD will cap out at 16 cores, the 32 threads. It is stunning how much of a 180 these prices have... uh, have turned around. I will give credit to hot, hot, hot hardware to try and make sense of these prices, but uh, 
their conversions don't seem to make sense. They're saying that it's going to cap out at $603 for these prices and uh, without the value-added tax. And I don't think that's right. That doesn't seem accurate at all. Like, the math doesn't check out. I don't know. The whole leak seems weird. The whole leak stinks. Now, right now, I believe we talked about it last week. Intel did fire their CEO. Their CEO has now been replaced by an engineer. The new news, however, is that the new CEO is bringing on old talent that has been a part of Intel, specifically part of Intel's greater successes, like Nehalem. What's Nehalem, you might ask? Nehalem is a... It's a CPU that came out in roughly 2010. Nehalem was the very first... Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Co-workers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. First, Core i7. A CPU that saw a 50% increase over the old Core 2 Duos and Core 2 Quads. Nehalem was a huge leap forward. Enormous. And it's what gave Intel a huge lead over AMD and just left them in the dust. That guy, the guy who was responsible for that, is back on the Intel staff. And you might go, what's the point? It's old news. When AMD brought back old talent that was enthusiastic, that gave birth to Ryzen. This kind of talent is what Intel desperately needs right now. Because right now, Intel looks like a fool. They really, really do just look like an absolute fool. The only thing that's saving Intel right now is the fact that Intel profited massively by, from the pandemic because everyone needed a computer very suddenly because they had nowhere to go. That is the only thing saving Intel right now. And the fact that AMD just cannot make enough CPUs. This is going to get good. 
Intel's backs against the wall. They're bringing on old talent. And now not only is Intel facing a huge threat from AMD, they are facing a huge threat from the ARM revolution. All right, all right, Intel. Let's see what you can do. And like I said, I don't expect Intel to really do anything until next year at the absolute earliest. Considering, though, how long it took AMD to crank out Ryzen, we're probably looking closer to three or four years before we see the fruits of Intel's ambitious push to go and make something new. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We need to talk about some interesting Apple news. And then, of course, some very, very fascinating, weird news stories. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so let's talk for a minute about uh, about Apple. So apparently, <laughs> the new Apple M1 Max seem absolutely flawless. So naturally, there is an issue. In fact, the screensaver can take over the entire computer and then make the the computer completely inoperable as screensaver just engages and refuses to disengage. Bravo! Good job. Oh my God. You know what I just realized? Once more computers switch over to OLED, screensavers will have to make a comeback. So for the most part, screensavers, which by the way, those, those of you who are younger have no idea what a screensaver is. It's an animation that would come on if the computer was left idle. And its sole purpose in life was to A, show off, and B, have a moving image on the screen so that it wouldn't cause burn-in on older CRT monitors. OLEDs, because they can burn in, would benefit from screensavers. <gasps> we could get flying toasters! Flying toasters have a purpose again! I'm not gonna lie. I haven't used a screensaver since I had uh, a bad Apple screensaver on my laptop a while back. And the only reason I had that screensaver was literally to show off. That's the only reason. Or 3D pipes or the 3D maze. <laughs> Chat says a while back because it was Wednesday. Actually, no, uh, that was literally just a bad Apple video playing on on a loop 
that actually wasn't a screensaver. I don't have the files for that screensaver anymore. That was, uh, that, that screensaver was for Windows 7, I think. I don't know if I have any, I don't know if I have that file anymore. I digress, though. So the fact that, you know, Macs are having a problem with screensavers all of a sudden, I'm not going to lie. It amuses me a little bit just because Apple's been bragging. It's just like the arm revolution is here. We have made the perfect computer with with our new arm processors. And But if your stuff doesn't work with it, well, then you're just not with the future, man. And like in some degree, they're right. But at the same time, seeing them having to go ahead and take a giant humble pie because their computer gets locked out to a screensaver gives me a little bit of joy. Rumors, though, are coming out that the next generation of the MacBook Pro is going to do two things. One, no touch bar. We already covered that. It's about blasted time. The touch bar was awful. Straight up awful. No one liked it. The end. But two. The SD card slot could be coming back. Oh, my God. What an amazing concept. A professional laptop having more than two ports. Here, here. Let, let me go grab my, my pro laptop. Let me go get it. It's right over here. How many ports are on it? Oh, let's let's see here. We've got um we've got we have Ethernet. I have three USB three ports, an SD card reader. Ooh, with an actual very nice metal uh metal and plastic cover for the SD card slot. Sorry about that. Uh, two Thunderbolt ports, VGA, HDMI, another USB 3 port, port, a combo headphone jack, and a giant smart card reader. All in one laptop. An actual professional laptop. You know what else is on it? No Stupid touch bar that no one wanted. But also, funny enough though, uh, above the keyboard there's this giant speaker grill, not actually a speaker grill. That's actually air intake. I know, I was kind of surprised by that too. But it does have a touch screen on this freaking. Oh man, freaking six pound, 17 inch laptop. Jeez. But you know, that is what a real professional laptop has. The whole concept of pro laptops being nothing but USB type C and you just dongle everything out so you can carry a spaghetti of freaking dongles was just ludicrous. It really was. 
So it's good to see Apple is getting some common sense back. At least it doesn't have those stupid butterfly switches that broke all the blasted time. There is rumors of Apple making a VR headset that's going to have a fabric design and a fan. A fan. In a VR headset. I can't really speak from experience on this. I still don't have a VR headset at all. But I do have to ask. Is that a thing that happens? Does that happen often with people doing VR? Does it get like really hot and sweaty on under it? D- does does ventilation re- be required? Or is it just need a fan for the components on it? Someone in the chat says the Oculus does use a fan. It's for the person. Today I learned. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, it could be for uh, defogging the screen. Ah, that makes some sense. Hmm. I don't know. Apple making their own VR headset. Don't know if want. But here is the real question. Here is the real question. It's, go- it's apparently going to be a standalone device with a powerful TM processor on it. So it's going to be a standalone device. But here's the real question. Will it charge via lightning? God, I hope not. I wish the lightning port would just die even though it won't for a while. But it it really does just need to die. A new universal app called Beeper that's coming out for the Apple ecosystem is pretty much what all of us want. It combines... The messaging services of WhatsApp, SMS, Signal, Telegram, Slack, Twitter, Skype, Hangouts, Discord, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger. Oh, and iMessage too, because of course it does. All into one app. I'm not even mad. I'm kind of impressed. I kind of do want. Not going to lie. I don't know if I want to go ahead and... Uh, go ahead and pull that tr- that trigger. But, you know, it is what it is. However, there's one problem with it. You cannot install it on an iPhone or an iPad. Or, an, or all three of you who still have an iPod Touch, an iPod Touch. You need to jailbreak it in order to install it on an iPhone. 
Good luck. Good luck with that. It's like the Dream app, but it's never going to work. I will tell you this. Um, can, can we just all agree? The be- I, I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't. I try to do everything in my power to avoid politics on this show as much as possible. But can we all just agree the Bernie Sanders memes that have come from this guy stand, sitting distanced from everyone else with his arms crossed and his stupid coat he found from Goodwill wearing a mask looking like he wanted to be literally anywhere else was the best gift to the entire world this week. My God. And thankfully, someone went ahead and made a Google Street View app that will pluck and drop a cropped image of Bernie Sanders in this pose literally anywhere. Oh, you're doing this. This, this is this is just amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, the app is no longer available. It has been pulled, but, uh, man, what was the name of the app? The article actually doesn't say what the name of the app is, but it's, oh, there it is. Nothing that put Bernie anywhere was the name of the app. Oh, I'm sorry. That Oh, Put Bernie Anywhere was the name of the app. There we go. Unfortunately, the app is now online, offline. But, uh... It's been great. It has been absolutely great that Bernie has been made into a meme yet again. This brings us to the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the other memes that kind of came came across my uh, radar this week was a denim kimono. I thought that was by far, hands down, the most, the farthest along that anything made of denim could possibly go. The denim kimono. I was wrong. There is one thing that is made of denim that is dumber than the denim kimono. And considering the fact this is a tech podcast, you know this is going to be horrific. Ladies and gentlemen, the Canadian tuxedo controller. A denim Xbox controller. Complete with belt loop straps in the middle of the controller. Little pockets. It has little pockets on the handles for the controller. 
folks. This is dumb. This is absolutely, completely, and utterly dumb. And I swear, if you ever, ever believe that, uh, if you ever want to get this and you ever have the gonads to bring this controller into your local dry cleaner and ask them to clean this, I hope they tell you to get out. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you, please check out our daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs every single morning at 4 a.m. wherever you found this one on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. We think still they're still not clear as to what's going on over there. Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, literally anywhere. And check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care and I hope you have a great day. Xbox controller that I can go through the belt loops. <laughs> oh, do spare joysticks fit into the little pockets on on the jeans controller? <laughs> oh man, how much is this? I I have to know. I I have to know how much is this controller, or is this just a meme that was made by Xbox Canada? I mean, they call it their Canadian theme controller, but I mean, is it really Canadian themed unless it smells like maple? I'm just saying, if it doesn't smell like maple syrup, what's the point? Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.